Hi, Olivier here. Are you curious to know what's going on with IoT at Microsoft? Well, I would like to know as well. And for that, I asked Lior. Lior is just out of Microsoft Ignite and uh, they announced Azure IoT operations. We have an interesting conversation on the IoT show with Lior discussing technology and how containers are coming into play. Uh, if you are in the realm of embedded, you will want to watch this video to better understand the evolutions and what's going on at Microsoft when it comes to IoT. Hi everyone, this is Olivier watching the IoT show. We have a familiar face here, Lior, and we'll be talking about IoT at Microsoft. Lior, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. You know, it's post ignite. I was uh, waiting to uh, to catch up with you. It's been uh, it's been a long overdue. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we are exactly a week and something after ignite, right? So you had a week off in between. So you survived yeah. ignite. Thanks for yeah. you know joining me uh, for that recording on that Thursday of the week after the week after ignite, something like that, right? So you survived. You're here. Great. For those <laughs> who are not aware and don't really know you yet, who's Lior? What are you doing? It's a good question. I'm asking myself this every every day, you know, every day when I wake up in the morning. Uh, well, my name is Lior Kamat. I work for, uh, you know, I work as a, as a principal product manager in the Edge and Platform organization here at Microsoft. And uh, my role is a bit, is a bit weird. Uh, you know, I'm everywhere, but I know, but I'm nowhere, uh, the way I like to describe this, because, you know, a lot of my role has got to do with you know, on a given day, I can either talk to customers or I can create content or I can present or, but I never develop the actual features of, uh, of the products that I'm talking about. Um, been there, done that. I think that my role is a bit more horizontal in the past few years. And I kind of like it like that way. You know, it gives me, it gives me that agility that, uh, that yeah. I really like. So. That's, that sounds familiar because my role when I was at Microsoft was the same, basically. And and yeah. at the end of the day, uh, I, was, I think at some point I was calling myself the dot connector or something like that because <laughs> lots of the time was about connecting dots between people, between programs as well and so on. Anyways, yeah. we are we are going off here. Let's go come back to the topic. So Ignite, a couple of weeks yeah. ago, and yeah. there were some IoT announcements, right? But before we get into the IoT announcements... Can you give us a very quick update of where Microsoft is standing when it comes to IoT in terms of the offer in general? It's like super yeah. high level. You know, a lot of people were asking me this when I was kind of going in the hallway because of what we're going to talk about, which is Azure IoT operations. But before we go there, I mean, if you've been following that space of, of IoT, you know that we have like the existing offerings like IoT Edge, IoT Hub, Digital Twins. I know that you have, you know, upcoming episodes on on um, RTOS and uh, you know Windows IoT is definitely something that's been there for uh, for a while. Um, there's also like beloved and almost rest in peace products uh, like Sphere and and whatnot, which we all have a, uh, a warm place in our heart towards. But um, yeah, so you know this is in general, and now you know nothing has changed on that aspect, and now it's you know it's the new kid on the block, which is Azure IoT operations. Okay, well, let's get into that. So what was announced? Azure IoT Operations, what is that? Yeah. So Azure IoT Operations is really, um, you know, I find it very interesting, you know, besides the, you know, the marketing spiel 
which is you know a way to do data contextualization from IoT or from the edge to the cloud, um, you know, in a in a general sense. And the way to you know to go about this is by having this modular architecture of services of components like OPC UA and you know MQ broker and um, you know orchestrator that decide how you want to deploy those elements inside your architecture, ACRI, you know, but besides, uh, which again, we'll talk about all this stuff, right? And we'll, we can dive a bit deeper, but besides the marketing spiel, I think that if you're thinking about Azure IoT operations, if you've been following the announcement and whatnot, I actually think that it's our evolution towards the world of um, simplifying or standardize how people are building cloud native native architecture uh, applications today, but try to apply that to edge related architectures. Because a lot of the time you don't like before that or before Azure IoT operations, the way that, you know, and you know this as much as I do, where people are coming in to build these type of architectures for mm -hmm. edge deployments, right? Cloud native is not a thing, um, you know, because everything is local. Everything is, you know, you have the, the good old MQTT or, you know, the OPC UA architectures and all that. But it was never about cloud native because cloud native a lot of the time comes in the context of containers or Kubernetes and, you mm -hmm. know, these type of, you know, related architecture. So Azure IoT operations is really about bridging those worlds together. And the way to do that is having everything enabled by Azure Arc. So that's... You know, in a nutshell, um, but there's obviously more to to unfold here. So yeah, we'll we'll definitely double click on a couple um, things and aspects here. So yeah. the first question that everyone asked you at the event, I know that it came up, um, you know, often, and you yeah. kind of alluded to that already. Um, so this is about an offer that that is leveraging and using Azure Arc as a control plane instead of IoT Hub. And it's using the MQTT broker in Event Grid instead of IoT Hub, um, and it's using Kubernetes cluster and technologies uh, and and Azure Arc as a control plane instead of IoT Hub plus IoT Edge. So mm -hmm. at the end of the day, is it a replacement? What does that mean? You know, regarding these, uh, I would say, legacy or existing established yeah. technology that Microsoft is proposing. Yeah, yeah, Oliver. If only if I had a nickel. You know, um, uh, the reason that I'm saying this is because this question comes a lot. So mm -hmm. as you are describing this, you can also see the pattern, right? You can see a pattern of old versus new. And the mm -hmm. reason that I'm air quoting this is because it's not really old versus new. It's really about, again, coming back to this evolution. So it's not a replacement. It's a complementary thing. It really depends on the architecture that you want to build. Uh, but like with all things in technology, there is evolution, you know, there is existing patterns and existing architecture patterns. I talked about it a lot in, in my session, but there's also new architecture patterns that are mm -hmm. more, you know, I would dare to say more suitable for the world that we are at right now. And it's not just for the world that we are at right now from the context of the pure technology, but also how people are designing this. Like, like what is the, you know, how the developer teams are built, how the OT teams are built or the IT, IT operations teams to support those are being built. And everything's got kind of do together. I always said that it's all about, you know, people. It's not about the technology because they're the one that driving those architectures. Mm -hmm. Anyway, coming back, I was just kind of opening a branch here. Coming back to your question, 
Yeah, it's a complementary thing. It's not a replacement. People were asking us this a lot, and I'll keep saying the same thing. No one is replacing yeah. anything. Um, you know? well, and, and as a matter of fact, um, GA services uh, on Azure, they're maintained X years, you know, even right. if they become deprecated at some point, there's a commitment yep. from Microsoft to anyways maintain these services. Um, yep. So yep. so for people who have deployed with these technologies, they shouldn't be worried about anything of that, of the sort of like, hey, the service is going to be killed, what not. However, they should, if yep. they are starting a new version, a new product, or are investigating how to evolve their products, they should uh -huh. consider uh, Azure IoT operations in parallel, because because we'll discuss that in a second. There are differences. There are things that they're yep. not addressing exactly the same scenarios and market and uh, and level of of function. Um, sure. So, like typically, one being a guy coming from the embedded world. Yeah. When when IT Edge came into play five six years ago, so that maybe seven years ago, um, mm -hmm. that's something that we we brought Don't in. Say how old IT we are. Well, Don't say how old. Sorry. Don't say how old we are. Yes. No. Uh, yeah. No. People know. Look at that. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll we'll, uh, we'll uh, edit that. <laughs> we have filters for that. But um, when we when we went out and I was part of that team, we mm -hmm. released IT Edge. Um, I remember internally having conversations about, hey, why are you not using AKS already and things like that? And we're just like, hey, you know what? It's not ready. You know, AKS Kubernetes was not where it is at today. And so we went with Docker um, with that idea of we needed to have on a heavier edge gateway slash server type of devices on premises, a way to orchestrate workloads. And at the time, you know, Docker containers were the solution where yep. what was available in production for building the solutions the customers wanted to have immediately. And so it seems natural to have AKS, you know, Kubernetes, K3S, these kind of technologies that are now more mature come and take place, you know, there. However, there's still requirements from the hardware perspective that are higher than IoT Edge with Docker containers um, mm -hmm. that was already big for embedded uh, but now we're getting in the place which is, it's a bit bigger. And my my point here is to say, don't expect you know that uh, Azure, Azure IT operations to be a replacement for IT Edge. It's something that is not meant to go all the way down to microcontrollers for now. It's something that is about this heavier edge where you have AI, where you have more yeah. advanced functionality. Right. So tell me a yeah. bit more about, you know, like your perspective from the other side, which is coming from the world of containers and, and, and arc and so on, uh, yeah. you know, and that evolution. Tell me more about your side of the story. Yeah. Here. So, so the, you, you touch on, on, on few important topics here. So let me try to break it down for a second. Um, and I'll, you know, in no specific order. First of all, in the conversation around containers. For those who've been in the game for, for a while now, um, if you remember, Docker were, was not the first player to introduce containers. I mean, mm -hmm. Docker, what they did is basically made it approachable, easy to consume, um, you know, some operational magic around containers. But in the world of containers, you had containers way, way before that, like LXD or ContainerD. Like that. Those were things that were way before Docker. So it's just kind of level set on this one. And the reason that I'm bringing this up is because the embedded world, which, you know, the background that you're coming from, um, can benefit out of this new world of 
you know, just call it Kubernetes for lack of a better, you know, kind of, I would say container orchest orchestrators, right? Mm -hmm. um, and the reason that I'm saying this, just kind of before touching Azure Arc, the reason that I'm saying this is because when you're starting to create this relationship between physical devices and software in the sense of, oh, I now have a control plane that represent those embedded devices, right? Those cameras, those PLCs, those, you know, microchips. When you have a control plane, an API layer that represent those, that's a different ballgame. Now, to be fair, IoT Edge did that, but not to the level that you actually had like this granular control or granular relationship between a device and Azure control plane. Sure, you had IoT, you have IoT Edge to manage those devices and have some policy and governance around those. But it stops there, like it stops in the world of Azure IoT Edge, right? And you know you have MQTT and EventGrid and all those all those integrations. Fine. So that's one thing, and you know we you know would love to 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 dive deeper into that in a second here. The second thing that you brought that you brought up is the Kubernetes. And again, I'll you know just kind of walk into memory lane. Before Kubernetes won the war, right, of container orchestrators. You actually had multiple players in that space, right? I remember when I started with Microsoft, I was actually working on Mesosphere, you know, DCOS, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. before Kubernetes was the thing. Anyway, the reason that I'm saying this is because this is part of this evolution space. Now, Kubernetes won the war, and what we did with Azure Arc is basically saying, okay, so now that you have a standardization, like you have a standard way for people to do container orchestration, right? You have that in the cloud, right? You have AKS in Azure, you have GKE in Google, you know, ECS, like whatnot, whatever the hyperscaler that you're going with. But what about those clusters that are deployed outside of Azure? So with Azure Arc, you're able to bring those clusters as an entity, right? Mm -hmm. And that is basically the foundation for Azure IoT operations, if you think about it, because those devices that we mentioned, the PLCs, the cameras and whatnot, right? Now with Azure Arc and IoT operations, right? Enabled by the Azure Arc, that's the marketing term, right? Yep. You are able to bring those devices and start imagining how they will look like as a first class citizen inside Azure APIs. That brings an all different set of capabilities. And mm -hmm. it doesn't stop just in the where Azure, where Azure IoT Edge stops today. And that's a very different type of architecture. And to me, coming back full circle, the embedded world is meeting the, you know, the cloud native world. Azure IoT operations is really just kind of adds a lot of glue in that mix. And it focuses on, on the data pipeline, right? Because that really will drive the business. But it's the ARC piece to me that is, I wouldn't say even more interesting, but it presents a very different type of architecture to think about. So yeah. a long answer, but again, there's a lot to unfold in that space. There's a lot of architecture-related, like hardcore conversations that have to do with the architectures yeah. around this. That, that's interesting that you're presenting it like that because there, there, there was one thing that I think people have been struggling until until now, which, 
when mm-hmm. when it came to integrating OT and IT infrastructures yeah. and, and coding and so on is that developers on the IT side of things were used to have, you know, the tools that they are using for mobile app development, for cloud app development, for, you know, mm-hmm. cloud apps development in general. Um, so they, they are the ones building these apps. And so we, we had to explain to them what is a device, how it's exposed to IoT Hub and, and the device twin, mm-hmm. um, and, and hey, here's the JSON and knock yourself out, right? Right. Uh, and, um, and eventually you were using some other past services and whatnot, but at the end of the day, they, they pretty much have to, to figure it out uh, mm-hmm. or, or it had to be done for them. And so now... What you're saying is that these same devices are exposed to these developers in the way they're they're used to have microservices exposed to them. Uh, you know, entities. Let's let's use that term. Right. Entities, sources of data, and whatever. Um, so now now they are in they are in their home, right? They are familiar with that, and so they can deal with that more easily. It does yeah. not prevent the use of technologies like Azure Digital Twins, where you can start having an organization with, you know, right. topologies and and think about ontologies, think about you know relationship between these entities and so on. So you can definitely do right. that and organize into digital twin, and that would be another type of interface to your systems. Yeah. But for a developer that- who directly wants to access his you know temperature data from that sensor, if they exactly. have a it's an API that is familiar that's going to be faster for them, right? Exactly. And, and, and an interesting part of IoT operation in that regard is the data processor, right? Because the role of the data processor is to basically take various type of, I want to say, data endpoints or data structures or schemas, right? And converge those into something that is easy to consume. So if you're thinking about the pipeline here, which is kind of a, another uh, you know, construct of the data processor, right? The pipelines. If you're thinking about the, you know, the source and then the pipeline and then the output, the output at the end of the day will feed out of contextualized data, which the mm-hmm. data processor is responsible to basically massage, right? So you have all these devices that are coming in, sending all these type of data on different schemas, but then you have one type of basically component that is responsible for massaging. And then from there, what you can do is you can use digital twins, you can use fabric, you can use Power BI, you can use like whatever, you know, yep. whatever data, uh, data output, um, you want, I want to say product or, you know, data layer that you want to, that you want to use like one layer or like, you know, data lake or whatnot. So, that's a very interesting piece. And one more thing, Olivier, here is just kind of maybe for the folks that, you know, maybe want to have some sort of an analogy. That, like the way I like to think about this is then you mentioned the developers here that it's really, so think about gRPC, right? It, gRPC is a very, you know, it's a common protocol for microservices communication. But if you take in something like, so let's just say in your backend, you have something like Java or Golang or Rust or Python, Right. Each one of those has its own library for, you know, HTTP communication, right? And, but gRPC is used to standardize that. So that's a very good example, or I like to use that example as an analogy for what the data processor is doing for the various data inputs that are coming in. Everyone are using their own kind of data schema, but data processor is really the component that is contextualizing that data into something that you know, you can digest. 
Yep. So, so yeah. one one more little topic before before I let you go, and we point people to some more resources, is yeah. that lots of the audience here on the IT show is people coming from the embedded side of things. And so yeah. when we came up with IT Edge at Microsoft and was there, people were already like kind of reacting. It was like spending a lot of time explaining, hey, you know, think of it as your gateway. That's your your uh, your gateway to the cloud for this mm-hmm. infrastructure, which is your OT infrastructure, your devices that used to not be connected or to be in a silo there. Uh, and and so here it's the same thing, uh, even more so because like of the actual weight of Kubernetes, uh, you know, as an orchestrator, as a, as a binary, yeah. uh, and uh, and the host platform you're going to be running on. So you should definitely think of AIO as something that. If you don't have a connected infrastructure, we'll add the connectivity and be that like on the diagram would be a big box that you add there in between your yeah. local infrastructure and the cloud. Um, for people who already have in, like, infrastructure, connectivity and so on, still the same thing. Think of it as, from my perspective, and you tell me if I'm wrong, today you need to think of AIO as it's, it's the solution that needs to have some beefy hardware on-site, on-premises, beefy to a certain extent for an embedded person, right? It's not yet a story where a microcontroller will have its own cluster and will be able to run pods that you manage directly from Azure Arc. You have to have an infrastructure a bit heavier on your premises. Uh, And each time we need to be careful about the word edge, embedded people, when they hear edge, they think embedded devices. Right. This here is not about embedded. This is really about the edge in a more generic uh, way, right? Right. And this is more, you know, like edge embedded. This is more of a philosophical conversation, you know. But but yeah. at the end of the day, yes, you're right. I mean, the architecture, the, the Azure IoT operations architecture is based on Kubernetes at the end of mm-hmm. the day. And the way you want to think about this is Kubernetes bring things to the architecture that you won't be able to get with a standardized point-to-point embedded architecture. It's just different. It's not the same thing. So mm-hmm. I would say, again, the right tool for the right job. Yeah. Um, Azure IoT operations act as um, really a pretty significant layer in between your, I want to say, embedded devices and the cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, not just between your embedded devices and the cloud, but also between your embedded devices to other edge architectures that are part of your enterprise, right? Yep, so that's point. another important thing to say. I mean, no one is telling you that you have to go to the cloud. That's mm-hmm. not, you know, that's not the point. The point here is for you to build an architecture that can scale and take advantage of the cloud mainly from the data and, and I want to say, governance point of view. Like, how do you govern those assets and how do you use that data, in, again, in a contextualized fashion and use, you know, Azure solutions to work with, data, with that yeah. data? So, yeah, it's just that's, a different that's architecture. Exactly, that's, all. Yeah, that's definitely a good point. And um, it's going to be interesting to see, for now it's in preview, but it's going to be enriched. You you would expect, you know, as a customer, I would expect to see things for device management, for this kind of things that are yes. would be actually made even easier with that infrastructure in place. Uh, but that certainly is a topic for another episode. One thing we want to lead people to, especially for our audience on the IoT show, Azure mm-hmm. Arc and how 
they can learn about it in the context of IoT. So I'm going to bring that link down there about the Art Jumpstart. Can you introduce the Jumpstart real quick so that people know where they're landing yeah. when they click there? Yeah, if you're not coming from that space of Azure Arc, uh, I would say that the Arc Jumpstart is really a project that, you know, been there for four years, almost four years. And at Ignite, we announced the productization of this, of this project. Um, so basically, now it's a full-bledged product in the sense that we have a team to support that, like it's a Microsoft thing. No, it doesn't cost any money to use, but um, it's basically a set of assets that you have, like automations, documentations that are more like scenario and solution-based um, documentations and automations that we're provided, providing. So it's complementary, complementary to, to docs, but mm -hmm. it's not necessarily a product documentation like you will see in docs it basically focuses on the story. So the link that you have there on screen is the jumpstart scenario for the Azure IoT operations uh, um, uh, development that we did. And it tells the story of Contoso Bakeries. Um, and you can already see, like when I'm saying Contoso Bakeries, we're trying to simulate the customer here. And what are the things that they will, you know, one of some of the things that they might encounter in the real world in their architecture that is based on Azure IoT operations. So it's pretty... It's pretty interesting and, you know, definitely, you know, go check that out because we worked very hard on that and we take a lot of pride of those automations yeah. and we think that it's a great way for you to actually connect yourself to something that can happen in the I, real world. I like that. I like that. I think that the content you put together makes sense because for an audience to understand a technology that is not familiar at all, if it's set in the context of what they care about, what they're working on on a daily basis, makes sense yeah. and actually will make it way more useful and it will see the value real quick into that if it's for them once again i mean that's something that they will have to investigate and see Lior, thank you very much for your time today we spent a lot of time geeking out on this topic but i think it was worth the time and i really hope to see you again on the iot show for a more deep dive on all of that thanks so much for having you olivia always a pleasure hey have a good one and everyone thanks for tuning in bye